0: glad to hear to worship with us our wonderful God and Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who did not leave us alone but sent us the Holy Spirit to comfort us all right but I want everyone else here to know and all of us including this person right here none of us are yet completed but God is completing his work in us in that we have been transformed at birth we are a new creation in Christ and Christ by the Spirit is leading us into Christ-likeness And so when you look at people across the aisle and you think they ought to be more Christ-like than they are, you should have seen them before. (laughs) Amen. All right. So just be glad that you're seeing them in this stage of their maturity and not the other one. And then you can give them grace as they walk with God and as he leads and changes and transforms our life. So I want us to understand that, that when we say we're not a perfect church or perfect people we're not saying hey everybody can just do what you want live sloppy not be who you're supposed to be no it's saying that our intent is five days a week reading your bible okay very good there are some guides back at the welcome center if you'd like one that will help you do that uh, give you some direction and some things to do as you work your way through that it's called five by five by five reading plan and they're on the table out there all right have you shared your conversion story or a god story with a non-believer and the last we're going to with the saints, I will share my story in that song we were just singing. And we're talking about the day we get to heaven and we are going to share our story about that and what the songwriter's talking about. And, uh, you know, we should be excited about what God has planned for us. None of us, I think, are in a hurry to get out of here. But we we know that share our story with the, the sinners below, okay? And And when I read in the scriptures in the book of Revelation... And uh, chapter 12, I think it is, and it's the, uh, the, the war the, between the dragon and the woman and uh, all that's going on in that very beautiful scene that's being written out for us. As you go on down where it tells us that the dragon is making war against us. And this is what the word of God says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Amen. That's written in the book of Revelation about those who would live victorious and rise above what the enemy wants to destroy us with. So church, it's through the blood of Christ and the word of your testimony. Okay? So that's you and I sharing our story about Jesus and what he's done for us. We talked about this last Sunday in the message about when Jesus left, he gave us a promise and a plan. The promise was that he would come again. The plan was that we were to go forth with the gospel and reach the world. All right? Sharing the story, the good news of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. All right. We're all good with that? That's God's word. I want to pray for us right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority in this place. We renounce the spirit of darkness. We renounce the lying deceiver. We renounce him in Jesus' name, and we command by the authority of Christ that all unclean spirits, lying spirits, deceiving spirits would leave. Holy Spirit, we give you this room ourselves. All right. As I was praying and planning for today, I was, uh, you know, it's Mother's Day. We all know that. And so I was asking God, I feel so strongly about what God's doing in our midst in our church about this Move of the spirit and what God's calling us to do and as we've celebrated easter and then last sunday We're talking about the ascension on the 40th day, which was a week ago friday And I know next sunday Is the day of pentecost And so i'm looking and i'm like god i'm excited about this and this is one of those in between weeks And it's mother's day and I was asking him about this and saying, you know, I, I want to know that I'm following what you say and we got to do this. And so church, I feel very strongly about what I want to share with you today, that this is exactly what God wants at this time in our life for right where we are to lead us to where he's taking us, okay? Now, you don't have to agree with everything I say. I don't expect you to. My wife doesn't either, so you're in good company, all right? All right, but what I want you to do is I want you to, to, to hear what God is saying and look at the word of God and let the spirit of God speak that into your heart. That's critically important because God wants to speak his word in us that we might live what God's called us to live. And I say, I believe that it's it's the utmost of what we are called to do that we're missing. And so when I read the verses last week about the ascension, when Christ was speaking to the disciples and the apostles and giving them their marching orders and they missed it, that's so critically important And yet the church is missing it still today. And so I'm revisiting that. I'm not re-preaching that. I'm revisiting that because I've spent some time with God praying about this. And I feel very strongly that we need to look at some things that are in these verses a little deeper before we take that next step, okay? So Acts chapter 1, I'm only Holy Spirit. All right, church. This is an important time right here. If you'll notice, Jesus had been telling them, about the promise of the Father, which was the Holy Spirit. Do you see how Jesus said that right in there? He says, which you have heard me speak about. All right, this is what he's saying to them. Look, guys, God's plan is this is going to be the next step that God has for you. I've taught you this. I've been instructing you on these things. Now let's see what we're going to do. So God was about to reveal the next step in their life. Everybody here wants to know what God's plan for their life is. That's why these prophecies and charts. Then we're totally confused and lost, and we don't know what's coming next. Church, here's the thing: Everybody wants to know the end story. Here's the end story. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you're going to get there. Okay, let's trust Him to take us there, but let's worry about what He says our next step is in getting there. And this is what He was talking to the disciples about. He John's baptism. You saw what was happening. Now I'm going to tell you that there is something that God is going to do that's going to baptize you, that's going to be out of this world, right? All right, that's what he's telling them. So here's the thing. Jesus says, here's what's about to to happen. Don't leave before this happens. And exactly what you and I heard, but we have the advantage of looking back and knowing what Jesus was talking about, right? Now they'd been being instructed by Jesus. They heard this. Now he's telling them again, this is about to happen, but what they're hearing is something that they are filtering through what they perceive they want God to do. They were seeing a big idea. At least it was a big idea to them. Here's the big idea the disciples had as they listened to the promise of God they thought, it's about time, we're going to have a political overthrow. And we're going to be established in the authority of that. That think the big idea God has planned is a political overthrow and a reestablishment of the power in the United States. Sorry, but I'm getting political for a second because it's important. All right, look, I want you to know that God's big idea is way bigger than that. God doesn't use political Bible in this nation and by his people being revived... The nation becomes revived, and the leadership becomes revived. That's the way it is. That's what he's unveiling to them. They're thinking it's time to take it over and establish it from the top down. And he's saying, I want to reveal this, that I'm about to do a movement that's at the grassroots, the foundation. And you all that are part of the church, more than a year, you would know this. When we called Pastor Andy and Pastor Janelle to be the the family life pastors and do the children's ministry and stuff, I told you, and I told the board, and I, I told them all from the even them when they were still up there in Idaho. Like, here's, here's the plan, and I, I wanted everybody to know this. This is Dave's plan. I never said it was God's plan. I said, this is Dave's plan. This is my idea. We want to bring you on staff and have you leave this ministry for two years. At the end of that two years, we're going to be looking for a satellite place to place you as a campus pastor and then start a church plant there with you guys as the pastors. So that's what I told him. So, you know, the board, I never said God said this. I just said, this is what we're doing. We're praying for that. We're asking God to give us the direction as we lean in that direction. About six months ago, we were in a staff meeting and I said, look, I just want to tell you guys, I feel nothing. I feel nothing. I feel like, I don't feel like we need to do this there. We need to do this there. I feel nothing. Just wanting you to know that. I wanted to be up front with them. I, I don't know what God's doing. I just don't feel that right now. And I don't sense that. Okay, here's the thing. I had a plan and i thought it was a really good plan <laughs> and i took it to god and said you know this is a good plan you ought to do this and i know just the right people that can make it happen all right <laughs> you know so what god's plan was to do something different and and here's the thing and i want you to hear me because see what i saw was that we could do this and you know we fell in love with them and we want to keep them here and they're part of our family and so I was like, that would, be, that would fit really nicely. I know they're called to ministry, and I know they're called to lead a church. I know that. And we planned for that to happen. We planned for it so that they could be close, so we could keep our hands on them, and we can, you know, do all that stuff that we needed to do because they needed us to do that for them. And uh, God was like, you know, I have a different plan, and It's on the other side of the planet. <laughs> all right. All right. So now when he, when he first told me this, I didn't like that plan. I'm be honest with you. I didn't agree with that plan. I didn't like that plan. So you gotta go back to God. This is what I'm saying. It's like a refocus time. You go back there and you're just like, you know, God. Um, I think my plan's a good one, <laughs> and uh, I give it to you. And whatever you want, you do. And and we give that to Him. Now, when I'm looking at this, this is what Jesus did. He He said to the guys. You guys have been thinking this for a long time. You've thought this long enough that you believe that this is the way it's going to happen. He's like, hold it. Come back here for a minute. This is what I want you to see. That the the Holy Spirit is going to come on you. And when he comes on you, you're going to be my witness. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. So they had an idea, and they were ready to implement it. Jesus said, you need to refocus. And the last thing is, he says, here's God's plan for your next step. Now do it. Okay, church. So as I read that, I'm thinking, all right, God, the plan that God had for us was for his Christ followers for all. It has been a long time since I did any of that research, and I made a statement out to you guys. I said, I think it's like 70% or more have never shared their faith. And, so I, and during this week, I said, you know, I need to maybe look at that again and see what's going on in this world. Especially in the Christian community in the United States because we know statistics prove Church, it's not just statistics. The numbers are there That was recent stuff I could find right here All right, so they what they did is they took uh, Protestant Christian churches in the United States to do the sampling survey of And what they asked was they were asking people that attend a church at least one times a month So they're asking for people that are Frequenting church and understand about jesus christ with non-christians All right, it's I mean, we know this don't we church? We know we're supposed to share our faith with non-believers. Do you agree with that statement? If you do just say amen Okay 75 percent of those people said they felt comfortable doing this So we're on a good we're in a good place right now So uh, eight out of ten of us know we're supposed to share our faith Seven and a half of us i'm not sure what that split personality is but seven and a half of us you know know that i'm pretty comfortable talking to you about jesus if you don't know him doing every one of these lost people that are all around us the holy spirit is trying to call them to the cross (laughs) and and as the spirit is doing his his work and he's calling us to do our work there's a there's a miscommunication happening in church it's not him Come on, we know this. It's not him. So if we're just not sharing our faith with someone, something's not right. Don't get nervous, okay? Don't get nervous. Please, I'm serious. I know that some of us have personalities where we're uncomfortable talking to people. It's okay. Just stay with me through this, okay? I'm, I'm gonna blow past this for a minute. 48%, this one right here just blows my mind. In oh God, we're talking about us, the ones that are filled by his spirit. The ones that, when we read the scriptures, he says, I must be about my father's business. I'm out here to look for the lost. And I'm here to redeem them and to reach out to them. I've called you, Jesus said, to be the light to the world. And it's like, I mean, what are we doing? Are we like unconscious? I'm not being mad at you. I'm mad at us as a community that call ourselves by the name that is above every name. Christian, Christian, And yet I'm unconscious. To the spiritual environment in which I live, that can't be church. This can't be. We twenty percent of us rarely to never pray for people who are not professing Christians. Come on. I mean to let people know we're Christians. Um, all right, we're not doing a good job. We agree. All right, I, and I'm I'm here. Like, can I just say this to you that? When Daniel prayed his prayers and, uh, you know, each time, if you don't know the book of Daniel, you know, he went up and prayed. You know what he did when he prayed and he confessed before God, if you read his book, when he prayed, he, he confessed the sins of Israel and he owned the sins of Israel. Even though he never committed those sins, he owned them because he was part of the people that had committed these sins against God. So this is what I'm saying to us. You may be a great evangelist. You may share your faith regularly. You may be a a great light. But we as a group need to own the fact that the church is sucking this up, something bad. And so we need to ask God to forgive us and refocus us on what he wants to do. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to beat you, me, or us up. I'm saying we as a whole need to understand what God wants us to do and where we need to be. And when we see that truth, we'll understand why we're losing ground, why we're closing churches, why we're not seeing life transformation. It's not the blood. It's not, it's not the spirit. Come on, man. The spirit of God is alive and well. The blood of Christ works. Forgiveness is real. Redemption happens. Come on, man. We're not doing it. All right, let's go. If God has this as his plan and we're not doing it, Let's just ask ourselves a few questions and see if we're out of focus. And maybe we're not hearing what God's saying because, see, the disciples, and it wasn't what Jesus was saying. Okay, let that sing in for a minute. You see what I'm saying is like, God's talking. But maybe what we're hearing is we're listening to God and what we're doing is we're listening through that filter of interpretation, making what God's saying fit my idea, my plan, my view. So we're maybe looking for the big thing we think we're going to do with God. And we need to maybe refocus on what God already said his thing is. Through the years of being a pastor, I've had numerous, numerous, numerous people. And if you're one of them, forgive, forgive me. I don't remember you personally. I don't. I mean, I'm lucky to remember your names after you've been here five years and that's just my own issue, and I apologize for that. I do. I'm trying to get better at it. So when I say this to you, if you said it, don't feel like, oh, he's talking to me. No, I'm talking to us, because here's the thing. I've had so many people tell me, you know, I feel like God has something big for me. I feel like God has something great for me. I feel like God has this incredible thing planned for me. Look, church, I want to agree with that, and I am agreeing with it. He does he does judea samarit okay so here's what i want to do and i hope that you'll understand me when i say this i want us to say like obviously we have a problem we all know that uh as a church right as a whole i'm saying as the community of christ so maybe what we need to do is maybe take baby steps to get in the right direction with god so that's i just want to present a baby step today a baby step to get in an agreement with god's plan for us you okay with that um I want to lay the foundation by looking at a scripture that I absolutely love. I think that's so awesome. The Apostle Paul was like, I don't, I'm not just leaving you out there on your own and saying you can do this. He's saying, I am praying for you regularly that you will do this. Church, this is what I'm saying. Remember how we weren't even praying for lost people? This is a a believer. I understand that. But I'm saying there's this huge important thing called prayer that the Apostle Paul is, pre- is praying specifically by name for this young man, Timothy. All right, we're skipping down to verse five. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which was first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. That is like the, that you can be able to share your faith is with your family. I mean, this young preacher wasn't just, he didn't just come about on his own, right? Look, we know nothing at all about Grandma Lois, except this. She knew Jesus, and she planted those seeds in her daughter, Eunice. She lived faithfully and planted those seeds in in Eunice. So obviously, she shared the faith with her own daughter. We know this about the mom, Eunice. Nothing else. Only thing we know, she I don't know. Is there anybody in this room that has all your family saved? If you did, raise your hand. All of your relatives, every one of them. No living relatives that aren't saved. God bless you guys. You're amazing. You have three? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) That's awesome right there. Amen. All right. That's cool. We have one family. Everybody in here, all your relatives are saved. No, you said almost. So, then, yes. Anybody else? I mean, I'm serious. I want to know. All right. Rick, all your family, all your living relatives saved. That's not all. <laughs> Gwen. All right. Okay. All right out of this uh, group of people outside their family, obviously, but I'm talking about the rest of us that have our own family in the wrong place that need Jesus. Okay, so all I want to do is I want to take some baby steps with you, and I want to look, I don't mean that disrespectfully, I mean I need baby steps in a lot of areas of my life, and we're not sharing our faith, so let's learn how to share it, right? Let's plant those seeds in people. So um tells Peter, get up and eat it, and he's like, oh, no way, God, I don't eat that stuff. You know I don't. That's unclean, and God says to him, Whatever I call clean, you don't call that unclean. And he does that three times to him, right? Peter's a little confused and he's sitting there looking at all this stuff, not knowing what's going on. Why the Spirit of God is doing this, he's in another city as well and he's talking to this Roman guy who, remember the next step? He said, send for Peter. Didn't say why. Just send for Peter. Okay, act of obedience. Send for Peter. Here's Peter on the roof. Doesn't have a clue. He's hungry. He's seeing all this stuff happening. Baffled in his mind like, I don't get this, man. God, I've never done that. I've lived by your law. I don't eat that stuff. And God says, what I tell you is clean. You don't call unclean. He says, Peter, I want you to get up. He says, there's someone standing at your door. They're about to knock. And I don't want you to question a thing. I want you to go with them and do what I tell you to do. So here's a Gentile at his door inviting him to a Gentile house. That means a non-Jew. And according to the Jewish law, the Jews could not enter the house of a Gentile because it was unclean. believers from Joppa went along. The following day he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expected them and had called together his relatives and close friends. All right, guys. He didn't even know what was about to happen, but he knew God was going to do something. All right? He didn't know what it would look like, what the plan was, or what God had in store. Cornelius knew this. He knew God... And he knew God was about to do something. So he invited everybody he knew to be a part of what God was about to do. He didn't have the explanation. Are you listening? You don't have to know it all. All you have to know is him. And you tell him that he... (laughs) God loves a clueless audience. I'm serious. You know why? Because when we don't have a preconceived agenda or idea god can speak clearly just come together let's see what god's about to do that's amazing stuff right you know when you got the whiteboard and the plan and you don't want them to leave till they sign up don't do that with jesus all right what i'm saying is is you need to let them know right up front i want you to come over we would like to let you know what god's been doing come on what kind of an invitation is that they may say no so what I don't think everybody from Cornelius' family was there. He said family and friends were there, though, and a large group gathered. Why not? Can, do you have anything you can tell people about what God's been doing? Give them food. Everybody likes to eat, and let them know what God's been doing. That's simple. That's all. Baby steps. Okay, let's go to another story. Um, the, Paul and Silas are in prison because they're preaching Jesus. They're put in the center prison because that's like lockdown central. The jailer is commanded to keep them in there. The laws are if a prisoner escapes, you lose your life because you were commanded to protect and keep them. Spirit of God comes at midnight, shakes the place. The doors are open to all the prisons. And uh, the jailer is about to kill himself because he knows he's a dead man anyway. And so he's just going to do it himself. And then Paul and Silas tell him, you don't have to do that. We're all right here. And he freaks out. And he's there, and he's like, hey, calls for a light. I want to read you this part. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Isn't that awesome? Come on, church. I mean, are you seeing how simple this is and how, I mean, how simple this is? (laughs) I mean, you know, all they're doing is they're worshiping God. That's all Paul and Silas were doing. If you read the story, they were worshiping God in the most diverse circumstances they'd faced in their lives to that point. Isn't that awesome? I mean, God restoring a family to the truth of Jesus Christ, a redemptive story of an entire family coming to know Jesus and having faith. When's the last time you shared your faith with a non-believing family member? You know... I know probably everybody in this room shut down. We usually shut off. And I'm going to take this a step further and not try and get personal. And I'm going to stop if I can uh, before I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing. But look, church, being a pastor of 30 some years, I have so many people from the church that come and tell me stuff like this. And if you've said this to me, I don't see your face. We have family coming into town, and so I don't know if we're going to be at church. I don't know if I can do that because I have family in town. Um, and, and here's what I'm going to say about that. It's not about church. Hear me right. This isn't about church. We have unbelieving family, and so we don't want to offend them with the gospel, but instead what we do is we instead stop doing what we normally do in our worship of God to accommodate their beliefs Instead of saying to them, this is truly what I believe. And if you're with me, I want you to either come. It's offensive. Let's live it. Okay? Jesus said, if you love father and mother more than me, you don't love me. That's what he told us. He said, I didn't come to unify a house. I've come to divide it. That's the word of God. He says that. Do you know why? Because the gospel's offensive. Christianity is one way, and if you live one way, people aren't going to line up for it. They're not going to like it, and they're going to resent it. All right? I'll leave that alone now. When's the last time you prayed for non-believing family members by name? I'm talking about your own family here. Okay, because the fact of the matter is, when we did that same survey, remember, 47% of the people pray for the spiritual status of people who I know are not professing Christians. So I'm saying 53% of the people don't pray for people that aren't professing Christians. And so I'm asking you, do you not even pray for your own family? <laughs> Who's going to if it's not you? <laughs> All right. How many of you heard the story this week about this scientific warning about the coming earthquake on the San Andreas fault line? It always, you know, I'm but I'm asking you, did you hear this week's report about that. If you did, just raise your hand for a second. I just want to know. Okay, quite a few of you did. And so I read that, you know, and the, the scientists said, look, man, it's, it's like so tightly wound right now. It's, it's going to happen. They don't say when, right? They don't know. They're just saying it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I've been hearing, it's hearing about this coming earthquake since I was a child, but in California, life just goes on so now we get another one and people will read it and like, yeah, I know. Yep. I see. It's the same picture, the same line. Cause it's the same. That line exists. It's, it's real, right? We all know that. So you look at a picture and yeah, that's the same place. Yep. Those are, they know, but they're not changing anything about their life, regardless of what they know or what they've been told. If you had a family member living, anybody have one living in San Andreas fault line? Anybody here? Okay. A couple of, several of you. Well, are you talking to them about that? Like, hey, you ready to meet Jesus? Because you may be. <laughs> All right, but I mean, I mean, I'm serious. Like, some of you are worriers. I'm not trying to get you to worry. I'm just thinking, you know, like, wow, you know, we're just going to go on. Like, nothing's going on. And like, tomorrow we'll always be there. That's the way we live. We always think our family's going to be there tomorrow. We always think we'll have another chance. We're going to have this opportunity. Church, come on. The truth of the matter is, is we've got this moment. And it's our call and our responsibility to let people know about Jesus today, right? Let's take advantage of it. Let's take advantage of this day and share our faith. Moms, every one of your kids that call you, talk to you today, you need to tell them about Jesus. Kids, if your mom doesn't know Jesus and you call her, you need to tell her about Jesus. Jesus. If you have siblings and you don't have a mother today and you want to contact them, you need to tell them about Jesus. Are you afraid? I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, we can be nervous about stuff. Don't you talk about all the uncomfortable things? Come on, we do. People bring up things that I'm not comfortable talking about or hearing, yet they do it anyway and they just do it right in front of me. And then they include me in the conversation. Right? Right? Okay, so if there, let's begin to share, believe, and pray, and ask for our entire household to come to Jesus. That's the baby step I'm talking about. Obviously, Jesus said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. All right? Can we just like maybe stop looking at the uttermost parts of the earth for a minute and start looking right in front of us? And let's see what God can do right here, right now, right in this real moment of our life. I believe this is God's next big thing for us. I do. I think it is God's big thing. It's us sharing our faith right where we are and letting that spread. Amen. It's His plan. Let's do it. All right. I'm done. I am. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wake up. Time to go. All right. Church, seriously, though, we need to apply that truth in our life and we need to take it with us. Would you just pray? I want to pray with you. And then, Mom, don't forget to come and get your rose and your chocolate, please. We love you. Father, we just thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the incredible good news of Jesus Christ. This gospel story is is (laughs) life-transforming. We've witnessed it. It's impacted our life. And there may be somebody in this room that hasn't had that impact yet. God, Holy Spirit, draw them to you right now and let them know they need you. Jesus, you are their answer. Just in the middle of my prayer, I just want anyone in this room, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, please don't leave here today without that. We would love the opportunity to introduce Him to you in a personal way. Come on up here to the front and we'll do that. As we continue in our prayer, Lord, we ask that you would guide our steps today, that we would be your faithful witness, and that, God, we would be exactly the kind of believer Jesus you died to make us. Lord, open our eyes to see what is right before us. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for my own unsaved family members. Give me boldness and give me discernment and wisdom on what to say and when to say it as I pray for them in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, we love you. It's in Christ's name we ask these things. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. (laughs) All right. That's number two. Next week, maybe number three. Come on, get your flowers, ladies, and your chocolate.